Guys, this was an awesome, awesome show. You guys came in, you came with it with the questions. You got deep. Yeah. You got personal. Yeah, we got some good questions that we never answered yet. So yeah, uh, new original ones. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode, guys, of hashtag Ask Living TV. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 46. Wow, guys. Amazing job coming up with the questions. Yeah, we still got a whole bunch of other questions coming in. Um, like I said, on previous shows, we're tinkering with new formats of the show. We're still trying to work through the, uh, the details of that. Uh, Call-in shows is what we're thinking we're going to do, or we're going to take uh, video questions from you guys or something to bring you guys into the show more. So uh, stay tuned for some new concepts with the show. Um, we got 10 questions on this show. We're going to answer them right now. If you guys have questions that you want to get answered on the show, you can put them on Twitter. You could go on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. <laughs> you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Let's see what we got today. First question of the show goes to Carrie Estes on Twitter. Says, are there any books you've read that you would recommend? Oh, haven't we had the same question before? Oh, I'm sure we have. Yeah, I feel like we've had this question in different ways. But absolutely, you guys know we're big readers. We both um, really value reading, and we try to read books that um, that are about our interests, which are mainly, for us, entrepreneurial endeavors and business. Yeah, like the book that she but just picked up was One Million... Or no, millionaire Mommy. No. <laughs> mommy Millionaire. One Minute Millionaire, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> You saw that on the vlog, uh, or you, it, it's coming up in the vlog. We went to the library, we showed you some books. So if that video is not out yet, it's coming out. Um, but there is one book that you guys all need to read on your journey to live lean. It is called Let me guess. Think <laughs> and Live Lean. Yes. Like the mindset is such a huge, huge, huge piece of the equation of living lean. Huge. You can't get your body there before you get your mind there. You got to be able to just switch this mind to focusing on what you need to do upstairs before you can get into the gym and lift weights, eat healthy food, and make it a sustainable lifestyle. So if you guys have not picked up my book yet, I'm telling you, thinkandlivelean.com, go check it out. And if you have picked it up, like a lot of you have, and you've been posting your reviews on Amazon, um, there's just some amazing reviews there. And if you haven't posted your review yet, you do me a huge, huge favor if you went over to Amazon and you posted your review of your thoughts of the book. Yeah, you, some of you guys probably didn't even know that Brad is an author of uh, more than one book. Awaken the Abs Within was his first book yeah. ever published, and that's also a really great read. So if you this, guys, this is a better read though. Well, yeah, Think, Think and Live Lean is different. Is a better it, read. Yeah, it's. I would say it's better too, maybe, but I don't know. Awaken the Abs Within is like it's gives you. It's, it tells you how to uncover your abs so that's well, a pretty good book too. yeah like it was the framework of but it doesn't touch necessarily on mindset True. and so like after i came up with all these programs all these uh cookbooks recipe books i was just like there's still a missing piece to the puzzle here like there's people are still missing something and it was yeah. mindset so in this book i talk so many i talk about so many personal stories of my journey mm -hmm. not just in the fitness industry but also in um you know going through a divorce um you know, leaving some friends behind, Changing, um, transforming myself. Yeah. Like there's so many things in there and there's action steps at the end of every chapter. So I highly recommend you go pick yeah, out that book. I agree. Cause you guys could work out and eat healthy until you're blue in the face. But if you don't really understand like the deep reason why it's important for you to stay fit for your entire life, it's, then you're going to be in fitness and out of out fitness of and in 
it and out yeah. of it. And you're just, it's just a yo-yo cycle. So um, we would love seeing you guys get lean, but what we love even more is stay lean. seeing you stay that way. Come <laughs> yes. on, stay that way. Yes. And it's possible. Some of you are shaking your head out there like, I don't think that's possible. We're trying to show you that it's possible. And we have been showing you our lives on camera for how many years now? Four at least to, of us together and even yeah. more years before that. So if you don't think someone can sustain fitness for years on end, please keep watching yeah. us because we want to keep showing you in for the rest of our lives. And there's a whole there's a whole chapter in there on belief. Yeah. And how I what created the belief in not only my body, but also my business and my life, how I created what I'm doing right now. Um, there's action steps in there. So I think we talked about it enough. Go check out that book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, those are book recommendations. Okay, so um, Mahmoud Safa says, Hi Brad, I have a question. What's the best time to work out after and before which meal and for how long should I wait to work out after the pre-workout meal to optimize weight loss? Note, in the early morning is not applicable. Okay, well, um, there, I mean, you, the best time to work out is when you can work out. When you, whenever, whatever that's, time is applicable. That, I'll just make yeah. it easy on you. Like that's the easiest way to do this is when you can work out, you work That's out. You work There's out. no yeah. magic hour. It's not like at 7 a.m. the guys are like getting way better results than the guys working out at 3 p.m. It's what works for you right. and what you consistently can fit into that schedule over and over again. It's not to say you have to work at the same time either every day. It doesn't like, have to be the same every day. Yeah. I mean, it, it may it help. Fluctuate. It can help from a habitual standpoint that if you stick to something like I tend to work out around 8, 8.30ish and I stick to that and so in I'm the always there in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then what was the but question? But some days you work out at two in the afternoon and some days get really yeah. busy and you don't work out until 7 p.m. So it's not like it really matters that much. It's not going to make or break your results. But he's saying like to optimize weight loss. So, I mean, in an ideal world to optimize weight loss, you would be working out consistently and regularly. So, you know, whether that's 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. does not matter. But whether it happens every day or doesn't happen several times, that's what's important. So if you're just waiting for that perfect time, which then in turn leads you to be skipping workouts, then you gotta stop waiting for that perfect time. Yeah, but one. if your goal is weight loss and I had to go a little bit deeper with you, I would say the, the optimal time, because you, you use that word, I would say the optimal time would be first thing in the morning, go in there, train fast. Even though that is the one time that is not applicable. And my, my question for you would be, why is it not applicable? applicable it's applicable applicable <laughs> <laughs> God. Like, I was gonna why? I was gonna let that slide but you used it three times and I had to uh, applicable applicable yeah, okay why why can you not do the early mornings is it just because you don't want to or because you're too tired in the mornings or because you work in the mornings or whatever it is but yeah I mean if I had to choose the best time for fat loss I would do it empty stomach first thing in the morning just get up out of bed and go yeah and that's I've done that a lot I was gonna say he looks a lot like Tom Cruise, right? But then I was like, I think that is a picture of Tom Cruise. Yeah, come on, dude. Yeah. Put your own face on Facebook. Okay, next question on Twitter from Chris Bravo says, will cardio reduce muscle gains? Um, what, how much cardio are we talking? My answer is like yes and no, because I think excessive amounts of long, steady, steady state, slow cardio would negatively affect your muscle gains, but if you're doing like hit cardio, for example, then no. Yeah, I was gonna say that like when I put people through muscle building programs, cardio is like optional. 
but it's optional based on the fact that if you're already like an ectomorph and you need to build muscle and you have a hard time building muscle, keep cardio to like zilch to like minimum. Minimal. If yeah. you're an endomorph where you're thicker and you have more of the, uh, you know, the ability to add mass quicker, then you may want to add in a little bit of cardio there because you're probably going to be in a calorie surplus. So mm -hmm. to keep off some of the fat, um, I would have you do that. So it really depends on what kind of body type you are. But like you said, also which type of cardio? But are like we yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that what you said, like hit training. Like if you're using um, like the sled, so you know you put some weights on the sled and you go push the sled. Like that's a form of hit training that can really induce testosterone in the body as well, which is a primer for muscle growth. So there's forms of cardio that you right. can be doing that can actually lead sprints are amazing. Sprinting for, yeah. it creates you know the human growth hormone as well. So yeah. um, there's some things that you guys can be doing in a cardio quote unquote fashion um, but just don't like go for a run like a jog outside for three hours or right. two hours and like don't yeah. be training for a marathon when you're trying to build muscle like yeah. it's just it's not happening that reading way. a magazine on elliptical not good for muscle gains. yeah yeah it is a great question though okay so patron petronella carmen langle says hi guys i'm a big fan from the uk just wanted to ask if you will have your sweet Kyla vaccinated. I hear in the US and especially California, the vaccines are mandatory for all babies and children. And also compared to UK, there are a lot more shots given. The reason I'm asking is because I hear some horror stories about the side effects of vaccines in children. I am pregnant now due in April and a bit worried as now kids are not allowed in nurseries or schools if not vaccinated. So what would you do? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous that like the school system requires kids to have certain vaccinations. What do you think? But do you know why though? Well, I know why, like to create some epidemic like happening in the school system. Why, what do you get? Yeah, at? well, this is a trippy, uh, trippy, <laughs> tricky um, subject. And of course, uh, people are gonna have wildly different opinions and everybody's entitled to their own opinion and they're gonna have reasons why they argue one way or another. Obviously, I am as a new mother have been have looked into it and have listened to all the chitter chatter from around me people saying the vaccines are dangerous and other people saying that the vaccines are necessary. Um, and you know, that's a decision each person, each mother has to make for their own child and really go with your gut feeling on what you feel is right. No, but that's, and, that's what I'm saying yeah. is you, it's not, if you want your kid to go to school, to public school, you, a lot of you have to show records that they have these yeah. vaccinations. So, so you're saying you're in favor of them? No, I'm saying that it's not, you're saying it's, it's the mother's choice. It is the mother's choice, yeah, but ultimately, yeah. if you want to get your kid into public school, you have to show proof of these yeah, vaccinations, exactly. which is so it's taking the choice away from the parents in a lot of right. ways. Uh, yeah, I could see what you're saying there, too. But um, when you weigh the pros and cons of vaccinated versus non-vaccinated, the diseases that you're vaccinating your kid from are potentially more harmful than the vaccine itself. Like they've done studies and the kids who have been vaccinated have overall been safer and had less harm than the kids who have developed the diseases that the kids are being vaccinated from, if that makes sense. Yeah. I so need... like say the vaccine is rubella, would you rather have your kid go through rubella or have the risk of the vaccine? You know? Yeah. What? No, it's just, you know, you, then you got to go back to well, who performed that study. No, who, who I know sponsored you're totally the study. Right. Yeah, you're you know, totally like I'm not, right. and I'm not going one way or the other here. I'm yeah. just playing devil's advocate that it's this is not a topic that I'm, that I'm an expert in. Oh like, gosh, not at all. We're not yeah, experts we're not in this experts. at all. We're just talking like from just opinions. Yeah. And um, 
I don't know. I just think it's it's a it's a sketchy industry. I know. But I don't I know. know enough about it to. Honestly, it's a hard thing to talk about publicly, even for me. Like, I almost wanted to like skip over that question because I don't necessarily know that you guys are all going to agree with the way I'm doing things. I'll tell you now, Kyla is almost seven months old. We've chosen to get all the regular routine vaccines that are offered for kids her age. We have chosen yes. So I don't know that that's the right way to go, but I can tell you this, she's seven months old, she's perfectly happy, and perfectly healthy, and it has not been an issue. And we had vaccines growing I've up. I've had all of the recommended I, vaccines. I had to get we, vaccines yeah. to be able to come to become a resident of the US. Yeah, like just last year or two years ago, I had, had to get vaccines. I had to get vaccinations yeah. because being a Canadian, I was a high risk, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but, and, um, so, I mean, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. You got to play the game. And, um, you know, like I said, we both had vaccinations when we were babies. Yeah, yeah. We turned out fine. And you so, know what the whole, even like the, the pregnancy while I was pregnant, we were kind of researching like home birth versus hospital. And I was getting really freaked out about hospital birth because I was reading so much stuff about home birth. Yeah. And it's like all these people are saying why the hospital is so bad and everything. And it just got to the point where we're thinking, I was born in the hospital. You were born in the hospital. All of our family yeah, born I in the mean, hospital. It can't be that bad. It's just like, I think there's all this hype about the dangers of everything. But when you really look around and think about it and see, take real life observation of the truth, then you realize it's yeah, not I as mean, scary as they make it seem. Bottom line is like, if you are anti-vaccinations, um, you're going to continuously read all of the stuff that's against vaccination that's so you're, you're just fueling for. your mind yeah. with that it's mm -hmm. the same thing with like if you, what diet you're choosing to yeah. to follow like that's if true. you're if you're choosing to choose this diet you're going to just keep watching the documentaries that only talk about that and the totally, negativity side yeah. so then you're going to be just in a word brainwashed into thinking like that's the only way right so right you know, that's just something to keep in mind as well. But yeah, I think, um, I think our kind of philosophy on most things, as you guys have probably noticed, is to not stress out yeah. over stuff. Like we just don't live a life full of stress and worry and fear. We choose to just trust and be open, you mm -hmm. know? So hopefully that answers your question. Okay, next question on Facebook from Terry Cunningham. Terry says, my question about living lean, do you eat and train according to your body type? I'm a mesomorph. Okay, um, I would say yes, I do actually. Yeah. It kind of gets you? to the question like we just talked about with cardio, the one, the like cardio one, based yeah. on cardio. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think um, over the years I've learned what my body responds to and what kind of specific things I need to get the results that I want. And so one of the things I gave up based on my body type and my results was endurance cardio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's exactly like what we we're talking about with the cardio question. I know that for my body, if I go out for long runs, like, you know, even as I guess it's not very long, but like three to four mile runs, if I do that regularly, I will have a really hard time gaining Building muscle. Your butt. <laughs> yeah, and my butt will just <laughs> go away. So also, you know, any Really, for me, I don't like to do like cardio that lasts longer than even 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm really short with my cardio. A lot of my cardio is like seven minutes or eight minutes. Like I'm not really, I don't do long duration. Yeah. But what I do with my cardio is try to give it my full intensity. So I will go really hard for a few minutes. I'll do short intervals like... 30 seconds, 45 seconds, I would say at the longest, maybe even 60 minutes or 60 seconds, but no longer than that. And then I'll take recoveries and then hit it again. So I'm really more of a hit style cardio person because I've learned that it helps me retain muscle. 
and lose fat, but not lose my gains. Yeah, so like it just kind of goes back to what we talked about. Like with an endomorph, you may need to add more cardio in there to and keep maybe slow cardio. down a little bit. Yeah, maybe you know it's a little more slow cardio. It works for some people, but, so like, we're not saying it never works. It just depends. For us, we're both more of an ectomorph. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh, so the other thing, like kind of getting away from the train for your body type, it's more of train for your goal. Yes. So oh, yes. Yeah. Another good point too. It's like, what is your goal? Yeah. If it's muscle building, the modalities that you're going to be using and the methodologies in the gym are going to be way different than if your goal is fat, fat loss. Fat loss like the tempos, loss. the rest periods, yeah. the, the loads that you're lifting, the types of ex like maybe not necessarily the types of exercises, but the other three things I talked about. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the things you should do. And then you get in there and you test to see what works for you. Like there's certain modalities that don't necessarily work for my body part or for my body, but then there's other ones that really do. Like I work really well with high volume. So when I say high volume, I don't mean high volume of reps. I mean high volume on sets. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I work really good with like going in and doing like 10 sets of squats for 10 reps or six reps or something. And, um, keep the reps lower. So, I mean, that's just for me. So that's what I'm saying is you got to go in, you got to test what works for you mm -hmm. and then see what, what modalities are good. Yeah. And since, you know, I'm a girl and I kind of have different goals than a guy would like for me, I'm always trying to build my booty, but I don't necessarily want to build my arms or my chest or my back, you know? So I do different kind of set ranges and rep ranges and stuff on, on my upper body than I would on my lower body. So that's another thing to consider too, is like what, you know, train your body specifically to how you want to see it transform and the like specific results that you want to see. So your body type is just like one factor to keep in mind. Your goals are another, like probably the bigger factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Celeste7737. Um, hi, Brad and Jess. I was watching this video with all your questions to us about careers and such. And at the moment, I don't have a job. I worked three in the past year before getting married and now my husband and I moved and I'm currently resting from being overworked. My question is, have you ever considered inviting a viewer to fly out and spend a certain amount of time with you and follow your lifestyle? You can document their progress just by following what you guys do and possibly inspire more viewers if they see progress. Mm, I like that question. Yeah, except what do you mean if? <laughs> if what if, they see. If they see progress. Yeah. I'm like, they that's, would see progress. That's getting back to the whole mindset of getting the if. Like believe that it's going to work. You know, honestly, somebody could eat exactly the way we eat and train exactly the way we train and even sleep the same hours and do everything the same. But if they don't believe that they're going to get results, then... Well, probably it, wouldn't. Well, it's more of making it sustainable. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. So they like could one do, week is not. They could do be, that for a week yeah. and then be like, "Oh, it's just not working." So I believe like it's not going to work. So I'm yeah. not going to continue it. But if they were to adopt our lifestyle habits yeah. and have the beliefs and continue on with that, then guarantee there would be transfer. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to yeah. do that, but we would need a big production company to <laughs> no, like seriously, for us to make that work on camera. Yeah, I mean, um, to document all of it. And to document yeah. it. Like, I love the idea. I've always talked about doing the idea. Like, I would, you know, with the, set, the situation is right with the right person. Like She's uh, mentioning she's available. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> the right person is key. Like, we were talking the other day, or we talk all the time about certain things. And, like, um, sometimes I'm running into people who know us from the show at the gym. And they say, like, do you take private clients? And um, I said, I don't take private clients anymore like I used to. But now, like, I'm just so busy with this business, I don't do it anymore. But I say to Jessica every once in a while, I was like, if I had the right type of client, 
like that in mind, like I might consider training them. And when I say that, so like, that's one thing. But then another thing, um, back to your point here, is we actually have an opportunity. We haven't mentioned this yet, and nothing is happening on it yet, but we've been approached by one of the biggest people on YouTube. Vloggers. Who um, have reached out to us and asked us they want to change their life and they would love to have us out. Like, we're going to fly out to them and we're going to show them our lifestyle. So we haven't actually nailed the details of that yet, but it's nice to know that the Livly message is getting out there and some of these huge, I'm talking huge like YouTubers, like huge YouTubers um, are starting to hear our message. So that potentially could happen and then we could, you know, chronicle that, how they transform based on that. But I love your question. Bottom line, we'd love to do that, but the situation has to be right. Yeah, it's funny. We have this like running joke that Brad doesn't do clients. Like he doesn't take one-on-ones because he's busy like building everything that you guys see in front of you here. Um, but yeah, like I think we would be ultra motivated if someone were to take the initiative, have us fly to their place. Cause that would really show us that they're interested in lifestyle change. Because if we bring someone out here, like he said, if they're with us even for seven days, it's like, okay, that's seven days. And then we just send them off and like, good luck now. But it's like, if someone were to bring us into their life, show us where they live and how they eat and, and really make a serious change. I think that would show us more dedication. Well, more like you and know, it's more beneficial and it's more beneficial because you guys are in your own environment yes so we could go like if you guys come here like we can't go into your kitchen to see what you're eating we can't see right. what ground zero is for you we yeah. can't see um kind of like what you're dealing with your surroundings the people you're hanging out with all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff yeah yeah so to have someone come here you already a, know what our life that's is a good like, point though to have right? somebody come here yeah. it's, it's not as impactful for yeah. you guys as it would be if we went out to somebody else so it would have to be the right situation but um yeah. i do love the idea of it yeah very cool okay next question from sherry w70 on youtube says i am an endomorph and genetically carry the majority of my weight in hips and thighs. I'm currently five foot three, 120 pounds, 26% body fat. I have visible abs, but still struggle to get rid of cellulite and fat on my hips and thighs. I'm concerned that I will have to get down to an unhealthy body fat percentage to lose fat on my hips and thighs. I know I can't spot reduce, but is there a specific program for that kind of body recomp? Additionally, I have, um, additionally, I have, an injured disc in my lower back and have to be extremely, extremely careful. Lift lighter than I would prefer with moves that could injure me. Squats, single leg dead, or straight leg deadlifts. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um, first of all, I totally understand that some people have different distributions of body fat. Um, that doesn't mean that you will have to get down to an unhealthy level of body fat to burn that body fat from that place. Like the way your body's designed is that's going to be the first place your fat goes, but it's also going to be the first place that your fat's burned off of. If you feel like you're losing oh, too well, much wait weight, a say that again. Like she's gaining fat in her lower body. Yeah. So when she starts to burn fat, reduce her body fat percentage, it's going to reduce there. No, I would say it's the opposite. Like sometimes the body fat comes off last in your lagging places. Well, that's where the majority of it is. So that's yeah. what I was going to say is like, you're already like 26% body fat for a female. Yeah. So you still could go down a bit. Oh, totally. And so, yeah. That's not as lean as a female can be. So the body fat on your body and it could be the last place where oh, yeah. your body I fat goes. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think I said the opposite, but I, yeah. Yeah, I meant okay. it's going to be wanna... the first to stick there. It's going to be the last yes, to go. Exactly. Is that what I not? That's no, not you said I the said. opposite. Okay. Yeah. It'll be the last place that you're going to get lean. 
The first place you see, you're going to start to see yourself get lean is really probably yeah. in your face, um, in your arms. You might even start to see your collarbone stick out a little bit. Yeah. But this is where you really have to train your upper body to be able to uh, create symmetry in your body. So I know you probably have thought in the past or maybe even currently that in order to lose more weight in your lower body, you got to work, work your lower body more. And this is kind of tricky because yes, we want you working your lower body quite a bit because that's going to help you burn more fat. But if you're at a place where your upper body doesn't have much muscle mass to it, then you also need to really put serious focus on your upper body too. Mm -hmm. um, what were you saying about body fat percentage? Well, I was saying, so you said you're at 26%. So you still do have a little ways to go to get, you said you got, you're showing abs, which is good at 26%. Yeah, totally. But you yeah. still have a little bit, like well, how much percentage are you right now? Yeah, so to give you guys kind of like a rough idea of female body fat percentage, what you see of me right now is 17%. I feel like, should I get up and show you guys or something? <laughs> no, like, so so there um, you go. So there's like... You guys know, if you even if you're listening to the podcast, you see pictures of me, I'm around 17%. Yeah, so a healthy 17%. Idea. Yeah, so and you, that's a percentage you can still be childbearing and everything. Yeah, so, so. so you still have like 9% body fat to go down and that's what I'm saying is like well, in your hips is where it's holding yeah. on to and yeah. where you're going to lose it last so like I'm saying you still have a little bit to go that's where it's probably going to come from there because if your abs are already showing at 26 percent you got nowhere else to get it off of <laughs> yeah. so it's going to come from there mm -hmm. so the things that you need to be doing is like get that diet dialed in mm -hmm. and then I would add in like some sprints like sprints are known to like be able to just get rid of that last few pounds of body fat or or um, switch up your training to more of a metabolic style training where you're, you're, you're still lifting like decent amount of weight, but you're keeping your rest period short like my, my liveleanafterburn.com program. So there's still some things that you could be doing to get rid of that last little bit. And if we got you down to 20% or even 17%, you know, the fat's gonna be coming off in those areas. One thing I highly recommend for you, because she mentioned she has an injury or something that limits her from doing yeah. squats and stuff. Swimming, girlfriend, you gotta get in the pool. I know that you may be like rolling your eyes at me, I don't like swimming, whatever. Learn to like it because swimming, like, Gets have you, you watched shredded. Olympic swimming? None of them have fat on their butt and thighs, <laughs> right? <laughs> So swimming will shred you up. It will help you like redistribute and put more strength in your upper body where you need it. And also be a very, very low impact way for you to do sprinting, which will be much safer for your injury. So you'll be doing good for your body in many ways. Okay, Valentina C from Twitter says, I was sick for almost one month, a cold that evolved into something very bad. For the first two weeks, I kept going to the gym, but it seems like that made everything worse. Then for about one week and a half, I didn't work out at all. Didn't eat enough, no appetite. Now it's all gone, but so are my gains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling to gain weight, so I am pretty disappointed now. My question is, how do you motivate yourself after such an experience? I feel like I have no energy and can't do all the things I did before at the gym. Sounds like you're in the exact same situation that I'm in. Except Maybe for you more, wasn't a month. More extreme yeah, than what I was. a month is a long time. Yeah. But, um, did, I mean, the answer to this is... The adversity that you went through should be all the motivation that you need to get back into it. Like when I went through my sickness, I was laid out flat on a bed, wasn't eating for five to six five days. days yeah. I lost 10 pounds of, mm -hmm. and like I don't have any body fat to lose. So that, yeah. that, came, that came from uh, muscle and water. But that was like the driving force when I got healthy again to be like, 
now I can go at it. Like now I got a vision and a goal that I want to go after. And like I put together a plan, like I got a new program together surrounding this journey back yeah. to building that muscle. So it's like, you got all the motivation that you should need just going through that adversity. That's funny because that's such a mindset thing. You guys were, were always talking about mindset and like, look at Brad. He gets back from a sickness. He's like, you know, at the lowest weight he's been in such a long time, feeling all weak and like, you know, sad and everything. And the first thing he thinks is, oh, how can I turn this into yeah. lemonade? How can I, this is the perfect situation for me to create my muscle building program that I've been wanting to create. So it's like, that's what you got to change your mindset to is where can you find the lemonade out of these lemons that you've been given? Because you can't change the past. You can't go back a month away or a month in the past and then not get sick. That's already been done. So the only thing you have from here going forward is to figure out what is that silver lining and how can you use this to your advantage? Start fresh, um, you know, really have a wicked transformation shot. Like take yeah. a picture now and then take a picture again yeah. a month from now and see what positive you can do in a month. And maybe even compare it to the month before and then you can have well, the negative minus gains, and then you can have the positive. So always come back stronger and harder than before. Anytime life knocks you down on your butt, flip it around. Get it. All right, next question on Snapchat from Jennifer uh, Ascon. Rascon? Rascon. Uh, hi, Jess. I just saw two impressive documentary films, Forks Over Knives and Racing Extinction. Brad and you, as leaders of many people, what are, your, what are you doing to reduce your ecological footprint. We definitely care about the environment. Like I hope that you guys don't think that we just live our lives, like do whatever we want, not caring about the environment. We recycle. <laughs> we definitely like try not to over consume and use things that we don't need. Um, we never drive. We walk everywhere. Yeah, we walk <laughs> like, everywhere. Like when we have the choice to drive or walk, we walk. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I think the bottom line is like, yes, like we could be better at some things when it comes to trying to reduce the environmental impact of the decisions that we're making based on like, yes, eating meat. But there's also things out there that um, harvesting vegetables also has a big footprint as well. So I mean, it's just like- Yeah, I mean, when you're buying grapes from Chile and Mexico, like yeah, they didn't just, you there's know, a lot they of took thing, a truck to get here. There's a lot of things. And if you just try to be the perfect human being, I think you could just literally pull your hair out. So it's like, what is the area of your life that you want to help improve other people's lives? We're going down the route of helping people make healthier decisions, making a lifestyle out of it, changing their lives, changing their confidence, changing the loved ones that they have because they're feeling better about themselves. You know, um, if that has a, a negative ish, uh, impact on something else in the world, I'm okay with it because I think we're making a bigger impact on doing what we're doing. I, yeah, our mission in life, I mean, although obviously we absolutely care about the planet and everything, but we're targeting helping people feel better and healthier and have more energy. I think that's good for the planet. I mean, don't you guys think mm -hmm. that's good for the planet? Like, I feel like we're doing um, a service to human beings, to mankind, by helping you guys get more energy, lose unwanted body fat, feel better about yourself, feel stronger, yeah. choose to walk when you have the opportunity to walk, just get more active and drive your car less and eat fast food less. And you know, so you know, that's the way we as leaders feel like we're contributing. Okay, next question or last one of the night on Snapchat from Haley Barker and it's too long to actually even read it. Uh -oh. It got cut Somebody's off in the screenshot. Okay. So 
Um, something about saying that your diet and lifestyle is on point, you have no food cravings or anything like that. However, the issue is now you feel addicted to working out. <laughs> that after working out feeling is just incredible. It's got to the point where you don't want to take a rest day. You feel like you have so much energy and you crave that you work out. Is this a bad thing? People say too much of anything is bad for you, which I agree with, but is it the same concept for exercise? How should I accept a quote unquote lazy day? At the moment, I'm doing seven days a week in the morning, doing one hour of intense compound exercises, such as a stair mill, squats, jumping jacks, and planks. Then towards the end of my workout, I focus on isolation exercises. I am sore after I work out, and I know rest days are important to repair that muscle, but it's so difficult. Have you and Jess experienced this? Thank you so much for help and your advice. That's a good question. It was long, but it was it's a yeah. good topic. So to kind of summarize, it's basically, is there such a thing as too much working yeah. out? And how do you enjoy resting? Yeah. Okay. So yes, there's definitely such a thing as too much working out and exactly how you said it, a too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So too much working out can cause several problems like overuse of your joints. Uh, you can start to get tendonitis um, in your elbows and your wrists and your knees, hips, etc. cetera. Um, you can also uh, hit a plateau and stop seeing results from your workouts, which is probably the saddest one. Mm. <laughs> no, injury's <laughs> worse than that. <laughs> but um, also, you can uh, fry your adrenals, you know, yeah, like that's... our bodies can only handle so much yeah. stress and exercise is putting stress on your body. So you yeah. definitely don't want to overdo it. Um, how have I experienced this? Yes, I have. Have you? Yeah, honestly, like when I was reading Addiction. that, I was like, this sounds so familiar to me. <laughs> You're like memory lane. <laughs> it really yeah. does. But then I just kind of thought of the idea that exercising, being healthy and fit every day of the week is possible but you just have to go a little less intense yes. on your off day. So like on your off day, it doesn't mean you just sit on the couch all day and no, watch TV. Yeah. You could you said quote unquote lazy days. It doesn't have to be like lazy. You can, even, you can even still go to the gym because yeah. I, I feel like if I don't go to the gym, I feel like my day is off a little bit, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I go to the gym seven days a week and crush squats and deadlifts every single day. Right. Like on my off days, I'll go in and I'll do mobility work. I'll do like some sort of yoga, some sort of stretching, just like breathing, like that sort of thing. So those are the things that you need to start building in. Like, it sounds like you got your, your cardio in, sounds like you got your lifting in. Now you gotta work on your mobility stuff, like foam rolling, um, massage balls, um, just, you know, mobility flows, yoga, any yoga, of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So start doing that, you know, take two days off a week. So five days of what you're doing, take two days off to do mobility and yoga work, and you can still go to the gym for those, but just stay away from the intensity. But also I would recommend join a sports league or that something. Too, I play yeah. volleyball every Saturday yeah. now, or go hiking or like get outdoors, do stuff. Um, if you want to do something for the environment, like go volunteer to do trash pickup or go feed the homeless or do something like good with your time that is going to help you not feel lazy. Um, so you're still accomplishing something. It can be physical or not physical, but definitely keep the intensity down so you can give your um, your nervous system a chance to rest because mm -hmm. honestly working out too much will give you negative results yeah. and you don't want that. You want everything to be just right. So yeah. when it comes to food, you don't want to eat too much. You also don't want to eat too little. When it comes to exercise, not too much, not too little. There is a right amount for everything in your life mm -hmm. and that's exercise included. That's a great question though because I've been yeah. there. 
I, Same I, here. I know what too. I do know what you're going through. So it um, was. It's really hard to find that balance because I think once you've go, once you go, it's a drug. There, you feel it. The, yeah. the endorphins, you the adrenaline like, rushing through you. Literally have a withdrawal to get off of it. Yeah, like, but you it's can, hard. But then you like for me, I know I stopped exercising for a while, and then you go through this depression, and then I got back to balance. So hopefully, you can slowly wean yourself back without stopping cold turkey. Yeah. Okay, that's the show, guys. Thank you so much for those questions. I think they were some really good questions this oh, show. Oh, yeah, serious questions. You guys are getting, like, deep with us. I like good, it. So good questions. We're, we're 46 episodes into this, and we want to see how far we can go, so keep the questions coming, and uh, yeah, what's don't the, be shy. What's the QOD? Okay, guys. Well, I think we already, like, threw a couple of questions at you during the episode, but um, to keep it kind of light and fun, I want to know from you guys... How many days per week do you actually hit the gym? And uh, like on a regular, on your average week, how many days of those are at the gym? And then what do you do for active rest? Mm, I like it. Put your comments down below. We want to hear from you guys. And uh, yeah, that's the episode. Thanks to all the podcast listeners for listening and hanging in with us for 46 shows. That's so awesome. And also on the podcast, we've been putting in some of the audio from our Living TV episodes and the Living TV for Women episodes where it's talking. So people are learning on the go as well, not just the podcast, but also um, the audio versions of some of our episodes. So if you're not a podcast a subscriber yet and you haven't put a review over there, head over to, uh, I think it's liveleantv.com forward slash podcast. It'll take you over to iTunes and then you guys know what to do from there. So thanks for uh, tuning in. See thanks for all at of the, the support. Next yeah. episode. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Were you coming in for a kiss? Let's do the boy. Boy. Ready? What? What's something what? going on? What's up, guy? What? Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> you done farting? Oh, my God, it does stink. <laughs> oh, God. Is that going to be okay with the door open? No. All right, let's get serious here. Shout out to all our Live Lean podcast listeners. We love you and would so appreciate it if you would give this podcast a review. We need your feedback to improve and grow. So please give us a review right now.